the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It is the Nick D Podcast. How you doing? My name is Nick DiGilio, and I am your host. This is the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the best podcast network in the world. Check out all of our varying and entertaining and informative and suspenseful and interesting and dramatic and awesome, really cool podcasts that are uh, varied and awesome, and you should check them out. Radiomisfits.com, the home of many cool podcasts, including mine. I have two of them. I have this one, the Nick D Podcast, which is an entertainment review pop culture podcast where we talk about movies and TV and books and music and wrestling and theater. And I have really cool regular guests that are informative and fun and awesome. And my regular co-host is Esmeralda Leon. It's a fun podcast. You should check it out. If you are checking it out, thank you. Tell your friends, share, spread the word, rate, review. Every platform is available. Check us out. The other podcast that I do here at Radio Misfits is called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast, and it is indeed a podcast all about Saturday Night Live. And if you're a Saturday Night Live fan uh, and you haven't subscribed to my podcast yet or listened to it regularly, then there's something mentally deficient about you, and you need to check it out. So anyway, uh, so check out those two podcasts. There's also a live streaming, 24-hour live streaming service. It's just like radio, only a lot cooler, where you can hear some really incredible unheard music and every episode, episodes of all the podcasts, including my podcast, this one, the Nick D Podcast, daily at 3 p.m. Central, broadcast for free at radiomisfits.live, and my SNL podcast, that show hasn't been funny in years, daily at 9 a.m. Central at radiomisfits.live. Be a part of this podcast. You know what? You can be a sponsor of this podcast. Lots of people listen to it. We would love to have you advertise with us. So please do. Check it out. You got a product. You got something you want to advertise. Be a good fit right here at the Nick D Podcast. Be a sponsor. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Say, hey, I would like to be a sponsor. I would like to advertise on the Nick D Podcast. A lot of people will hear it. You should do that right now. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Want to be a part of the podcast just on a regular basis? Well, we have a voicemail system that's up and running and designed just for you. You can leave a voicemail message anytime you want. I listen to every one of them that comes in. We play many of them back on the podcast. I encourage you to call, leave your, leave your messages, leave your, uh, your contributions, your questions for our regular guests. Anything you want to say at any time of the day or night, 24-7, do it. Call us right now, 773-417-6948. Call and leave a voicemail right now. Email us anytime you want, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the sound and the weirdness, and Ed does everything else here at Radio Misfits. And it is the Nick D Podcast, episode number 221. Coming up on this episode, my good friend Jim Ryan is going to join us. Jim Ryan writes about music. He is a music journalist uh, and covers the music scene in and around Chicago, actually all over the place. Interviews incredible musicians, people that are in the music business, and also goes to concerts and reviews them. He is our music guy. You can read him at Forbes. You can read him at the Daily Herald, and you can check him out at RadioJimRyan.com. We have him on usually about once a month to talk about all the cool concerts he's seen, all the incredible celebrities, and we talk about music in general, lots of music. 
He's got opinions. I have opinions. We have a blast. Jim Ryan and the world of music will be talked about today on the podcast. And then Esmeralda Leon, the aforementioned Esmeralda Leon, will join me. Um, but we are continuing our tour of France. We have been subscribed to a really cool uh, place called Universal Yums. You can check out universalyums.com. And what they do is you can sign up for these different packages. And every month we get a package filled with really cool snacks. Some are savory, some are sweet, some are candy, some are this, some are cakes, some are chips. You know, really amazing snacks, a box full of them from a certain part of the world. And uh, you can sample them and you get like a really cool interactive booklet that your kids can look at and a map. They give you all the information about each snack, where they're from, all kinds of trivia and tidbits. It's really, really cool. And every month you get a brand new box of snacks from a different part of the world. So we are taste testing snacks from France. We'll tell you how to get them, what they taste like, and we're doing that. And we're going to talk about celebrities that everybody hates. So that's what's coming up on the podcast today. Again, man, leave us voicemail messages anytime you want, 773-417-6948. Email us, nickthepodcast at gmail.com, and, uh, and check us out. So there it is. Uh, you know, the award season is, uh, is big time, and it's underway already. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to, of course, the granddaddy, which is the Oscars. That's coming up in, uh, in March. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. And she loves the Oscars, yes. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. So we've had uh, a lot of the Oscar, you know, a lot of the, or, uh, I'm sorry, a lot of the awards uh, shows have been popping up, you know, um, and, uh, you know, the Globes happened, uh, the People's Choice Awards happened, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and and I think I'm about to sneeze. Am I? Yes? Maybe? Who knows? Hold on. All right. There it is. So anyway, I, yes, you know, I don't edit. <laughs> when I was live on the radio, it was live on the radio, and that's kind of the dynamic that I like to have on my podcast. Anyway, People's Choice Awards, Golden Globe Awards have happened, and all these other things uh, for the movies and stuff. And the BAFTA Awards were handed out in... Uh, in Britain uh, over the weekend, and I, and I watched those. Uh, David Tennant was the host. They did a nice job. It moves along quickly. But again, Oppenheimer won Best Picture, and Christopher Nolan won Best Director, and Robert Downey Jr. for the worst performance he's ever given, maybe, or the worst performance since Johnny B. Good. Uh, and he won the Oscar. He won the BAFTA. Uh, and, uh, you know, shockingly, um, Killian Murphy, not shocking, the Killian Murphy won Best Actor, so that means that probably Paul Giamatti, who's going to get screwed again by the Oscars for giving a performance 60,000 times better than Killian Murphy could ever dream of giving, but he's going to win. So watching it, and uh, blah, 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 blah. So, um, you know, uh, so I watched the BAFTAs. They were fun, but again, it's just confirmation that March 10th, when the Oscars are going to come, will be the most uh, unexciting Academy Awards uh, in year, well, except for last year when... Of the nine movies that were nominated, I hated seven of them. Uh, this year, I like a lot of the movies that are nominated, but the problem is that all the awards are going to go to a movie that everybody seems to love and everybody seems to be drunk because it's not a good movie. Oppenheimer, it's in fact, it's a piece of shit. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But BAFTAs are happening, but the fun awards are coming up this, this coming weekend, if you're listening to this um, you know, on the week before, uh, you know, when it drops. Uh, the the uh, Film Independent Awards, the Independent Spirit Awards are handed out, and uh, they will be broadcast on uh, Sunday. And uh, A.D. Bryant from SNL, uh, formerly of SNL, is going to be your host. And uh, a lot of really cool uh, movies are nominated. The Independent Spirit Awards are always a lot of fun, even though a lot of movies that get nominated for Academy Awards end up in there, too, because 
the definition of independent film, quote-unquote, is really kind of fast and loose now. Even big movies are thrown into that. But at least, like, really cool movies, like Birth Rebirth, Laura Moss's amazing horror film, which was the second best movie of 2024, uh, that got some multiple nominations. And so the really fun awards show, the Independent Spirit Awards, are happening this weekend. It's weird, too, because normally it takes place the day before the Oscars. And they go out of their way to do it. They do it live. They do it in a tent on a beach. It's a casual. People just show up and they get drunk and they have fun. It's a very loose, fun, fantastic, um, fantastic award show. By the way, if you've never uh, seen um, Mickey Rourke's acceptance speech for when he won Best Actor at Independent Spirit Awards for The Wrestler, go back to 2009 uh, and check that out. It's on YouTube. Just Google Mickey Rourke acceptance speech, Independent Film Awards, Independent Spirit Awards. And it is the best acceptance speech in the history of acceptance speech, period, bar none. We can't argue about it because if you say it's something else, you're wrong. Uh, but anyway, Mickey Rourke's acceptance speech, you should check it out. So th- really cool, insane things like that happen at the Independent Spirit Awards. So it's going to be cool. So you should check that out. You want to, you want an award show that's not going to be completely dominated by that stupid ass Oppenheimer movie which is so incredibly overrated and so I'm so sick of hearing give Nolan his Oscar give the Oscar to Oppenheimer and I don't want to ever hear from that idiot again ever Jesus Christ anyway but independent spirit will be Oppenheimer free and that's why it will be the best award show of the year because it will be Oppenheimer there will be no Oppenheimer can you imagine how lovely that will be to not have that stupid ass movie mentioned at an award show this year Anyway, Independent Spirit Awards are on Sunday. Make sure you watch that. That's what I'm going to be doing part of the weekend. So anyway, I wanted to give you a little, uh, little heads up on that. Awards, you know, the award shows are in full force and we'll lead up to the Oscars. I will do an episode where I will talk to Steve and Eric, my movie guys, and we will talk about who we think will win and talk about the Oscars in general. And basically who we think will win has nothing to do with who we want to win because, uh, you know, it's all going to be Oppenheimer, which again, as I said, is a piece of shit. But anyway. So, Independent Spirit, this week. Don't miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun, so look for it. It'll be, I think it's streaming on the YouTube, the Independent Spirit YouTube channel. It might be on IFC. Anyway, going to be a lot of fun, and that'll be the best uh, award show of the season because Oppenheimer will not be mentioned once, so it'll be great. All right. Anyway, hey, it's music time. Jim Ryan from Forbes joins me to talk about music, and we're going to do that right after I tell you that you should be congratulated. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jaggle. Treat for you, Jim Ryan. Oh, he is on the lion, Jim Ryan. I am about to pour a big ball of Jim Ryan down your ear hole, Jim Ryan. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Have you ever met a man named Jim? Last name Ryan. Or last name Ryan. First name Jim. Well, this particular one, well, he writes concert reviews, interviews musicians. Now's the time we turn up the microphone louder so we can hear what Jim Ryan has to say. Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan. 
Yeah, that's right. Jim Ryan, he's the man. Uh, he's our music guy. Music journalist who reviews concerts and interviews a whole bunch of musicians and really cool people in the music world. Writes for Forbes and for the Daily Herald. You can check him out at RadioJimRyan.com and Forbes.com. And uh, he joins us usually once a month or so. Hi, Jim. Hello, Nick. How are you, buddy? I'm, uh, I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, good. So we are uh, a couple of months into the uh, new year. Yeah. Uh, and you're already uh, writing a bunch of stuff, doing a bunch of keeping Keeping busy, man. <laughs> You know what? And March is looking crazy. Like, I mean, because we always laugh like that. We get a break in December, January, February, because no touring acts want to come here. But March, it's picking back up, Nick. Well, what do you got coming up? Well, before we jump into uh, uh, the concerts that you've seen and the interviews that you've done and some of the music stuff that you want to chat about, um, what what are we looking forward to? What's going on in March that uh, that seems to be insane? I'm working on a big story on Al Franken. Yeah, I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him Sunday. Ooh, okay, I'll be there Sunday. Yeah, I'll I'll there. Be, I'm going to the late show on Sunday. Uh, that's I'm doing the interview after that. So yeah. I'll oh, see you there. awesome! Cool. I will. Uh, I will definitely see you there. I'm very yeah, excited. So you, uh, love, yeah, love Al. The guy's a legend, and uh, yes. you know, I, I do a Saturday Night Live podcast, and uh-huh. uh, I'm, I'm trying to hook up an interview with the man myself. So we'll see what happens. There you uh, go. But that would be very, very cool. Okay. Well, I'll see you there. So Al Franken coming up in March. That's at City Winery. That's um, an exciting one, and then I yeah. mean, uh, some of the some of the festival uh, some of the festival lineups are, are already coming out. Yeah, it's already. Jer- it's you know, I mean, it's it's like twenty degrees out, and we're talking about festivals for God's sake. I mean, uh, <laughs> what is happening in this world? Do we know is Guar going to be at Riot Fest? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. They're That's they're all that triumphant really return after yeah. taking one year off. I can't believe, like when you told me that they were not at Riot Fest, I'm like, why would anybody even go to Riot Fest if Guar wasn't there? Last year was something crazy, like the first year since like 2012 or something, and neither Guar nor Andrew WK were there. Right. They both, they both skipped it out. And what was the story behind there being another Andrew WK? What was that? It was there, a... That's a whole, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with that guy. No one's, no one's kind of heard from him in quite a bit. It's been years now. And yeah, there's all those strange stories that there was a second Andrew WK and there were some lawsuits. There was... All kinds of bizarre stuff. Which, of course, reminds me of Gallagher, the late, great Gallagher. <laughs> uh, and Leo, Gallagher him and his, his, his brother, brother, Leo? <laughs> yeah. He was like, wasn't he called Gallagher 2 or something? It and, was something crazy like that. Yes. And then, like, all he did was smash watermelons, too. So there was like a... Uh, yes. Uh, you can't get the real Gallagher, but we got a guy who looks like him, uh, grew up with him, and he smashes watermelons, too. So what the hell is the difference? I mean, that's a, the extent of this guy's brilliance is that he takes out a big hammer and yeah. smashes watermelons. More, more groundbreaking comedy now from a second yeah, individual, so exactly. we all benefit. So, yeah. so, so, but that, that's why when I heard there was a second Andrew WK, the first person that came into mind that, you know, the first controversy that popped into my mind, of course, was the the incredible <laughs> Gallagher controversy. I, how, be honest, Nick, how often on a daily basis does Gallagher just kind of randomly pop into your mind? Five, six times a day. Five, usually. so that's what I'm figuring. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I mean, that's I, I can't, yeah. I can't start my day without watching a little <laughs> Gallagher. Um, <laughs> So, so, all right, well, so to get back to the festivals that are starting to be announced, even though we're early in the year, you got to plan for these things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, summer is coming. Summer will get here quickly. I mean, look, I was just telling you before we started recording that uh, the Flashback Weekend Horror Convention, of which I am a host and, uh, and I work with, um, they are starting to announce, we're starting to announce some big-ass names. Yeah. And some really cool horror uh, celebrities that haven't been there yet. Like, we just announced Keith David from They Live and The Thing. It's outstanding. Uh, 
and from uh, you know, well, there's something about Mayor. How'd you get the? How'd you get the? Uh, what does he say? How'd you get the? <laughs> The bums, the beans above the Franks. That's uh, that's oh you know that, that whole thing. So that him, I haven't seen so, that movie in a while. Wow. Yeah, you're not missing anything. But he, but he's, but Keith David rules. I mean, he's in the th- he's childs from the thing. Jesus Christ. So anyway, yes. uh, so he's going to be. They just announced that Jane Levy from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is going to be at the flashback convention. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that's not till August, and they're announcing. I was going to say, so, let me guess, is this the same weekend as Lollapalooza again? It's the first weekend in August. It's always the yeah, first weekend so, in August. Yep, yeah. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll tell I'll tell Jane Levy and Keith David you said hi <laughs> while you. I'm hanging while I'm hanging that. out with them. So uh, there well, you, you know, go. if if Lollapalooza is anything like last year, last year we we left super early one day to just go see Lionel Richie and Earth Wind and Fire at the United Center instead. That's right. So I, I have no problem running over to I flashback instead. Okay. Well, come on out. We're at the Hyatt Regency at O'Hare. Okay. Um, and it's going to be big. Devin Sawa from Final Destination is going to be there. Nick Castle from Halloween. A bunch of other people are showing up. Jane Levy, like I said, from Evil Dead, Don't Breathe, and Zoe's. And now just announced Keith David from The Thing and They Live. I mean, my God, man. And more. And more. There will be much, much more. But now what are we got looking – what are we looking at as we preview, you know, the, the, the festival season here? So 4th of July weekend, I'm looking at the Fitzgerald's American Music Festival, and that's – so it's a little bit smaller festival, but they, I mean, especially for the kind of entertainment they put on, which is a lot of Americana, a lot of, you know, Zydeco, they really conjure up New Orleans thing. They've got some great acts there, man. Last year they had Steve Earle and Lucinda Williams. Yeah. This year they've got the Jayhawks, the old 97s, Robert Randolph. Wow. I mean, those are some of the headliners. I'm, those are I'm great, pretty excited Those are there. great acts, man. That sounds mm-hmm. good. That sounds good. Yeah, you got to get these tickets on sale because they're going to go quick, so... Yep. You announce you announce something like that in July. Those tickets are going to be gone by the beginning of March. You know. Yeah, and that's pretty slick. They beat Lollapalooza. They beat Riot Fest and Pitchfork. They beat everybody really to the punch. So yeah, announcing their lineup. So that's cool. Wow. I'm excited. All right. Well, so it gives me reason to think about whether that's not you know 25 degrees. Yeah. Exactly. So all right. Well, cool. Uh, so we got that to look forward to. But you've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of stuff uh, and interviewing a lot of people. Let's talk about some of the people that you've interviewed because you always get to talk to a lot of really cool people. Um, I am, as we've mentioned this before, I am not a Guns N' Roses fan. Um, and, and I know that that's, <laughs> it's an unpopular opinion to have. I've never liked them. Even when Appetite came out, I couldn't care less. I didn't like it. I don't, I don't like Guns N' Roses, but a lot of people do, including yourself. I know they're one of your favorite bands of all time. They are. They are one of my favorites. Yeah. Despite Axel being yeah, not always a great human know. being. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but you got to talk with Duff McKagan, who, if, if, if I were to choose one person to talk to from Gun Ro- Guns N' Roses, he'd be that guy. <laughs> he, he, is, would, he is the guy. Yeah, he <laughs> would be the guy that I, would, that I would like to talk to. And I know that as a fan of the band, you must have been thrilled. Have you ever talked to him before? Uh, you know what? I met him uh, really briefly at Talia Hall. Uh, he was hanging out after his show a couple of years ago and just super nice guy. Um, but no, I'd never actually interviewed him, so it was really exciting. So tell me about that. You interviewed him. What's what's he talking about? He's got a new solo album out and everything. And uh... yeah, to me, like I, I always have thought he's kind of this underrated part of Guns N' Roses because when you listen to a lot of that music, you hear that bass line, and it's oh, wait, super hold unique. on, hold on, <laughs> wait a minute, hold on. Often does a train go by? So often you won't even notice. That's right. Just gotta and it's play true. that every day. Train go by. Yeah, I know. So often you won't even notice. That's right. <laughs> All right. In case you were wondering, Jim. 
Jim I watched that the other day. Yeah. Did you watch the Blues Brothers the other day? I did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's sorry, on Netflix but, but right now. Not not that not you know. Listen, everybody who's listening heard the train, so I had to play that. <laughs> I understand. Because you do okay. live near, you do live near Metra, and you do live the near Union Pacific North the Line. Union Pacific North Line. So there you go. So that's that's it. All right. Anyway, Duff McKagan. Uh, you talk about people remember the bass lines. He is indeed a key and important member of that band. Maybe yeah. one of the more underappreciated dudes from Guns N' Roses. And then his solo music is really uh, it's interesting because of what a departure it is. I mean, it's a lot of it's largely acoustic based you know he's got some of his famous friends on this new album lighthouse that he just put out slashes on it jerry cantrell from allison chains is on it but it's largely acoustic there's one number that's got a really sweeping string section behind him that he kind of uh you know coordinated in bob dylan was was uh was calling him out last year saying he wrote one of his favorite songs of the year i mean so duff's solo stuff is a drastic departure from the punk history that, that everyone knows him for, and certainly from Guns N' Roses, and he just seems like a really decent guy. Yeah. What, what did you talk about outside of that? I mean, did you talk about the time? Did you talk about Guns N' Roses, working with those guys, we, any of that kind of stuff? We got into it a little bit, but the most interesting story, he's he's a storyteller, and once he starts going, he you you just kind of, <laughs> like, it's like I'm pre-recording this, so I'm just going to let the guy go, right? And he's telling stories about his... You know, he's very disciplined in jujitsu, and he's telling me stories about what he's learned from his sensei. But then he starts telling songs about growing up as a punk rock fan in Seattle and going to see The Clash. And that's where I start to really pay attention, right? Yeah, yeah. He told the story about seeing The Clash early on and that there he claims there are 150 people in this club in Seattle. And that as a punk audience would do, they're kind of pogoing up and down, right? And he goes, the yellow-coated security guy... Just thought we were all fighting. He did not understand yeah. the idea of pogoing at a, you know, punk concert. So he just walked right up and punched one of the guys pogoing, just punched him right in the nose, broke his nose. The guy's bleeding like a stuck pig, just blood spraying all over the place. And the class sees it, and so they stop the show. And he claims that Paul Simonin goes, the bass player for the class, <laughs> yeah, goes yeah, yeah. running off to the side of the stage, breaks the glass at the fire, the thing for the firemen, and grabs the axe out of there, <laughs> runs back on stage with an axe, and wants the security guy. <laughs> oh so God. so Joe Strummer goes running up and jumps on the microphone and says, yeah, I'll clean this up. We'll, we'll chop down this barrier. There's no difference between you and I. We're all in this together. Yeah. And Duff said that it was this super formative moment for him that, like, you know, Paul Simonin wants to kill a security guard with an axe. Uh, Joe Strummer is, is only <laughs> probably exasperating the situation. But he said, like, that that idea that we're all in this together, right? He goes, and especially it seems like these days more than ever, we sometimes we need to hear that yeah. idea. And it said it's, he said it's kind of guided him in, in his personal relationships. You know, he's he's been sober for a long time. He's been married for a long time. Um, and he says it, it guides him in Guns N' Roses. Just the idea of we're all in this together, he said, really kind of defines everything he does now. And I thought that was really cool. God, that's the, that's the best. Can you imagine that? And I like the I like the visual of Paul Simonon swinging an axe with on an stage. axe, just grabbing an axe and uh, <laughs> threatening to chop up the security guy that punched him. As one that's amazing. Does, yeah. So now, did, did he? Okay, did he finish the story? What happened? To, did he talk about the rest of that concert? Did did they finish? No, the that show? was that was reended. That one. <laughs> he just he didn't tell the story. Did did Paul Simonon like? Did he chop up the security he did, guy? Apparently, as best I could tell, he did not pull a Sid and Nancy. I don't. I no. don't think okay. he did. Wow. All right. 
Uh, the Clash, man. The only band that matters. <laughs> the most important band. The most important band of all time. Oh my god. Some some really legendary stories about them. God, that's amazing. Yeah. That's really really cool. A different time and place, right, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the 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 album McKagan's new album is called Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think of it? Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, and he sings too, and it's kind of fascinating to me because I've seen this happen a lot where. Mike Campbell from the Heartbreakers, when he launched his own band, the Dirty Knobs, yeah. I was astounded at how much he sings like Tom Petty. Like to the point, like there are times where if one of those songs come on, I go, "Did he record this before Petty died?" And I'm like, "No, that's just him singing. He sounds exactly like Tom Petty." Yeah. Duff to me sounds a lot like Axel, and they've both kind of said like that in their formative years. That's you know who they grew up with watching on stage every night, kind of. And if, if if they're emulating it a little bit, this at this point, it's not even intentional. But he does kind of sing like Axel a little bit to me, and uh, so 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 Slash is on it. He wor- he's working with Slash on it, so they mm-hmm. they still they still maintain a professional relationship. I mean, obviously, yeah. And he's got Iggy Pop on the album too. Iggy uh, Iggy does a reprise of the the title track. So I mean, again, he's kind of bringing in that that punk lineage for sure. Yeah, that no doubt he's a part of. Um, he's going to great lengths to connect the Clash to the album, but it is not a punk album per se. Maybe right. in the mindset, you know, he he. He hits on uh, the state of the world a little bit there, um, lyrically. So, I mean, there is kind of a punk attitude, I suppose. Yeah. All right, cool. So that album is out, Lighthouse, Duff McKagan. Uh, mm-hmm. So a cool interview, and obviously an amazing story about seeing The Clash. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. He, uh, he told a story, too, about seeing Led Zeppelin at the Kingdom in Seattle and then seeing The Clash sort of right after that. And he goes, talk about, you know, your your world's colliding there. He's like, because... Led Zeppelin probably got onto a private plane with their logo on the side and flew to the next place. He's like, whereas Paul Simonon's running to the edge of the stage to try to, right. to try to get Nats. Yeah. yeah, I saw, I saw, Ze- I saw, I was, I saw Zeppelin. Uh, I saw him twice. Um, I saw him in '75, and they were great. And then I saw him in '77, and they were terrible. And that was the notorious tour where they were loaded. Was Jimmy, the Jimmy, the issue there? Uh, well. There were all the issues. It, everybody was an issue except for John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones was okay. just kind of looking around, going, "What the fuck am I doing on stage with these idiots?" You know, what I mean, that's right. essentially. Yeah, Paige did most of the show from a folding chair. He was so loaded, Jesus. he did most of the chair, most of the show from a folding chair. And um, and Plant came out, and like there was like instead of a full bottle of uh, of Jack, there was like a one third of a bottle left. Ooh. Ouch. And you okay. know, and Bonham obviously Bonham well Bonham drank himself to death. So he clearly, was, he was teetotaling. Yeah, he was loaded, and it was just it was it was it was ter- it was terrible. They cut the they cut the set short, um, and what they did play they played for like an hour and a half. But I mean, you know, the normally Zeppelin would play for over two and a half, um, and they cut the sh- the set short because they, they and people were booing them. They sat, it was awful, awful. Oof. But it, that was That's in seventy five. That might have been in a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, hey, speaking of which, speaking of drunks <laughs> and. Uh, how about Creed oh coming back, man? What's what's going I, on with yeah, that? Like literally, Creed was what was going through my head as you were telling that story because that's the one I remember. Yeah. where they did that infamous performance at in Rosemont. Yeah, and yeah. couldn't it, it, couldn't get through it. Scott Stapp couldn't get through it. The singer he was so loaded, he was and, laying on his back, couldn't sing. And then there was a lawsuit. The people there was the, a class action lawsuit. There was a class yeah. action lawsuit, yeah. and uh, and I remember that. But now, like, 
Creed's on a goddamn Super Bowl commercial. They're on a big Super Bowl commercial. Can you take me high? It's been played everywhere. I didn't everywhere. even see that one. Oh, my oh God. you haven't wow, seen we it? Were... You got to see no, it. No, what was it? What are they pitching? Like 7-Eleven? It's, it's Paramount Plus. Just... It's, it's Paramount oh. Plus. And it's, it's <laughs> no, you got to watch. It's great. The commercial's great. And there's like a long two and a half minute version of it. And it's star studded. It's like. A huge, long, crazy commercial for Paramount Plus because Paramount Plus also, you know, Showtime. You get through, you can get through Paramount Plus and all this other stuff. So it's a combination of like a million celebrity cameos and Creed singing <laughs> higher. <laughs> well, I don't understand why they're even part of this, but okay. You, I, you have to see the you have to see the commercial. It's great. It's it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, and Marshall now they're touring. They're they're, they're they they announced they the tour. Yeah. There, there was somebody good. There was somebody I liked on the, on one of the openers too, and I remember just being like, "Oh man!" That's so Creed sad. is like, play, and I think they're playing Tinley, if I'm not mistaken. They are I playing Tinley, yeah, yeah, they, are, they, playing they definitely are. Yeah, so uh, I'm thinking about going to see Creed, man. I, I I've never seen Creed actually. Yeah, I've never seen a movie. Oh, you know, and I and I lied. There's nobody I like on this bill. It's Creed, oh, well, Three Doors Down, and Finger Eleven, whatever Finger Eleven is. Yeah, Three Doors Down. Jesus Christ. Creed oh Creed or Stone. Oh my so god! So I think that's I think that's uh, straight out of like 1999. It is. So that's that's 1999, 2000. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god! They're literally calling the tour the Summer of '99 tour. There you go. There it is. There it is, man. The Summer of '99. Well, who yeah. was Finger Eleven? Am I just not? I don't know who Finger, Finger Eleven, 11 from 1999. I know who Three Doors Down is, but I don't know the difference between them and like nine other bands. Like. I, you know those guys? Like they, all, I, I picture them all like living in the same house, like three doors down, and <laughs> it's just one big reality. Show. Yeah, one big like one big house where all those jagoffs, those bands that you know, like. Uh, 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 what's the who did the do 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 Who did that goddamn song? Uh, uh, third Eye Blind. Yeah, Third Eye Blind. You know all those guys. They all live in the same house. Yeah, you it's know, like, like a big it's subdivision. A, hey, Third Eye Blind, your time to do the dishes. I did the laundry. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> Two doors down, three doors down to this, and it, like all, all those bands, they were all the generic bands of the late '90s, early aughts. I picture them oh, all man. living in one co-op, you know, like. Uh, I'm looking at this. Finger Eleven is a Canadian rock band from Burlington, Ontario, formed in 1990. So apparently, oh. unbeknownst to me, they were they were alive right. and kicking in Canada in 1999. There you go. There you go. All right, so summer of '99 tour headlined by Three Doors Down and Creed coming to a. Uh, a place near you. Hey, I don't Hopefully. think I've told you this one. One of my favorite backstage stories involves a member of Creed. Would you like to hear this story? Of course I would. If it's a member of Creed, of course. So we were we were doing, uh, my, my photographer Barry and I were working on a story on the band Dirty Honey. I, I know. It's, you know, uh-huh. they're young, up-and-coming band. They, they sound a lot like Guns N' Roses. We were going there. They were at Chicago Theater opening for Skillet. An Alter Bridge. <laughs> Alter Bridge. Okay, now I know where you're and going. Alter with Bridge. Yep. Alter Bridge is Creed, basically minus Scott Stapp. Well, Scott Stapp. Because when Scott Stapp did that thing and got drunk and he was having some issues with his with his substances, mm-hmm. uh, they did Alter Bridge. Yeah, uh, and it actually okay. did did better than I think anyone would have ever expected yeah, if they're filling absolutely. Chicago yep. theater. But yep. so everyone always thinks these experiences backstage are you know are just. You know, nonstop excitement, uh, just craziness every every second. And this story will illustrate that it is not always okay. that way. And, and maybe it understands why Scott Stapp doesn't fit in <laughs> okay. at some point with that band. 
So I go backstage, and backstage at Chicago Theater is up like three flights of stairs. So yep. I get up there with Barry, and we're lugging his equipment, and he he walks off. He's going to look for a spot where he can do a portrait photo, which there's lots of them at Chicago Theater. Yep. I'm standing there outside the green room waiting for the band, and Mark Tremonti walks out with one of the guys from Skillet. I have no clue who. And the two of them are standing there having this conversation, and I'm just kind of standing there like fly on the wall pretending I'm not paying attention, but I can hear every word they're saying. Yeah. And Mark Tremonti is having this conversation about how well he's been sleeping since he got a new CPAP machine. And he's telling the guy from Skill, he's like, man, I put in earplugs and I throw on that CPAP on the on the bus and, man, I just I just sleep for hours. And I'm just uh, thinking to myself, like Mark Tremonti talking about his CPAP yeah, machine. Yeah, like everyone yeah. thinks this is the most exciting stuff in the world and it's not. The dude from yeah. Creed is talking about his CPAP. The dude from Creed is talking about sleeping well with his CPAP. There's not cocaine um, and whores everywhere. <laughs> There's none of that. None, none of, that. of that. I mean, we're just talking about Zeppelin who were fucked up on stage and clearly... <laughs> No CPAP involved at all. Maybe Bonham would be alive right now if he had a CPAP. He may need. He may have. He could have used a CPAP. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I got a CPAP man standing backstage at the Chicago Theater. Wow. Rock and roll, man. Rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. All right. Well, uh, some of the concerts that you saw. Let's get to those. We talk a little bit more about some of the interviews, and and, uh, we do have to talk about the We Are the World. What is it called? The Greatest Night in Pop? That's what it's called. Yeah, that's right. I believe that's right. We got to talk about that. But you went to see uh, some concerts, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we got to talk about Madonna. Um, Yeah. Do you think she sleeps with a CPAP? Yeah. At this point, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Now, now, of course, I I love Madonna. I've seen Madonna five times. I do, too. Uh, And I love her, and and I know that, like, you know, a lot of people are like, she gets on stage too late. Like, shut the fuck up. And when she gets on stage, you should just be happy. It's Madonna, so just shut up. Yeah. And by the way, she went on at like ten oh five. So we're we're not talking, you know, we're not talking like Axl Rose and his prime going out at one in the morning or something. Oh, of course, it was like ten. Yeah. O- it was like ten o'clock. I'm like, this isn't that bad. I, I understand. We've all got. I got to work tomorrow yeah, too. I understand. I get that. it. And people are but like, Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It's Madonna. Just shut up. Yeah, and you should be happy that she walks out on stage. And she's kind of earned that one, right? Just sh- yeah. yeah, exactly. Just shut your mouth. It's Madonna. Mm-hmm. But now, and I've seen Madonna. Um, I've seen Madonna five times, like I said, and, uh, she was late every time. Yeah. <laughs> well, late that's and, fine. That's it's Madonna. That like bad. when you go, no, it's not that bad. But when you it's, go see Madonna, you know, like if you've ever seen her every time I've seen Madonna, like I said, I've yeah. seen her five times. Every time I've seen her, she is late coming. To and stage. the word, the word was certainly out on this tour because oh I mean, my God. Every, everyone's been complaining about it on social yeah. media. And nonstop, she's 65. So. How dare That's, she? Like, shut up, man. That I gotta say, like, the, I, yeah, I was sitting there doing the math in my seat and I'm like, I, I'm like, okay, so let's see the first album. I think it's like 83. Yeah. So she's probably, she's probably like around 20 and 83. So I'm doing math. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Madonna probably like a little north of 60. I did not realize she was 65, and it makes 65. what she's doing up there on stage for, for a couple hours that much more impressive because she's yeah. still – she's not dancing quite like she used to. Obviously, she's 60 she's fucking 65. she's 65. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I had I had a guy next to me. He just kept going, uh, you know, she would have – you know, a couple years ago, she would have never let her dancers do more dancing than she does. I'm like, a couple years ago, she wasn't pushing 70. Like, yeah. what do you want from this woman? Exactly. And I feel like I, I feel like if it was a dude up there – no one's no one's ragging on Mick Jagger for dancing a little bit less or a little bit yeah, slower. What absolutely. the hell? No, absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. There is a double standard. She's a 65 totally year old is. woman, and they're all like, "Oh, well, she can't move like she." Well, fuck you. Yeah. You go up there. I was, 
That's what I'm like, what in the God's name? Like, she's yeah. up there for over two hours. Right. Moving around. It was a giant stage, Nick, too. It takes up oh, the cool. entire floor yeah. of the United well, States. Well, so in, in general, though, how was the show? I mean, I'm sure it was uh, I loved spectacular it. It was and great. crazy and awesome, and right? I mean, she's doing greatest hits. This is her greatest hits tour. Yeah. And I'm, I look at the set list, and there's still 10 songs. I'd be like, uh, you, yeah. you're missing this, this, and that. That's how many. Yeah. It's a, a staggering number of hits that she has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she rules, man. I mean, she just yeah. rules. And and if you're gonna see a big show, like you know, some people don't like to go to the big shows and stuff. I'm not one of them. I'm not. A, I'm not a person who loves to go to these giant shows. <laughs> but if you're gonna go to see a big show, that's the kind of sh- Madonna that's, you go. That's the one, right? Like yeah. that's certainly on the short list. Yeah. 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 So well, I, 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 I'm, yeah. So all of the complaints about she's old, she doesn't move as much. Yeah. She starts too late. Shut up, man. I don't want to hear Madonna. it. I know. Yeah. And she did. Up. You know, with any show like this where it's that kind of involved production and there is a lot of dance numbers, you don't know how much singing you're actually hearing. Is she singing yeah, to a track? Yeah. Is she singing at all? She did a solo acoustic version of Express Yourself. And, you know, it's my job to like to, to look and go, is she singing? Is she singing? Is she singing? Yeah. Which gets stupid at some point because you can't tell. But she went up there to do Express Yourself with no band, yeah. solo acoustic, and she's stopping in the middle of it to talk to the crowd. I'm like... That 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 more, at least that three or four minutes is unquestionably yeah. her doing what she does really well. Solo acoustic version of Express Yourself. It made me wish that she would do like an acoustic storytellers tour or something I would love because that. it yeah. was the absolute highlight of the show. It was so good. It was stunningly so cool. good. I was That's like, so man, cool. she still. I don't want to hear it. You she know, still has it to some. The degree. other thing, the thing is, like, I was I was uh, talking to some people and there was a couple of people who were going uh, to see Madonna that night. Okay. She played on a Thursday and a Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. Yeah. So I was talking to someone who was going to go that night, and they're like, "Oh, well, she's going to be on. She's not going to get on until 10:30. I don't even want to go." And I, da, 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 da. and she's old. And I'm like, "Well, give me the ticket and shut up." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, shut <laughs> yes. your mouth. I mean, you're bitching. You first of all, you haven't even gone yet. I know. You're lucky enough to have a ticket to see Madonna. Shut your mouth and go. I mean, and again, no one complains when dudes pull this stuff. Of like Axel Rose, Axel Rose was going on. I could tell you story. I walked out of House of Blues the last time I saw Guns N' Roses before the reunion. That's how far down Axel had pulled this. They had to play the House of Blues right. to 1,100 people. And that son of a bitch went on at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I walked out of there at 4, and I went. I walked directly over. I had a bite to eat and did my morning shift at NBC at 5 a.m. Like, Unbelievable. No one complains about that. Ten o'clock, though, is apparently a problem. Yeah, like, it's a problem for a legend like Madonna. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I mean, this woman has been giving us incredible music and 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 changing pop culture uh, and innovating the world of the music that she does for fucking forty years. Shut your mouth. Yeah, you know and, I mean? and like, geez, you know, she's Christ. sitting at home on a mountain of money. She doesn't have to be doing any of yeah, this. Yeah, of course. I don't know. I just, but anyway, she rules. So let's. Right, yep, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you. she was great. Okay. All right. So speaking of older guys and older people. Yes. Uh, man, buddy, guy, tell me about this. I'm, re- I'm reading this. Tell me about this. Is for, this is amazing. He's he, he does his annual residency at Legends. Yeah. And this guy still gets up on stage. And what is he? 90? 87? He's eighty seven. He's right? he's eighty seven, and he oh. was younger than his opening act on on opening night of the residency. His opener was Bobby Rush, <laughs> who is ninety. <laughs> Unbelievable, man! It's insane, and they were both rock solid. They were both so sharp. I'm like, I mean, like again, like Buddy. Yes, like is he's is he letting the band do some of the heavier lifting? Yes, is he playing? He's 87. Less? He's 87. Like God, <laughs> like yes. 
and Nick, he leaves the stage. He walks. He does a lap around. He does a lap around legends. Okay, like hamming it up. Like if he's walking by a table and there's a chair open, he sits down. Yeah. <laughs> and just starts playing. Yeah. He is making it a point to walk up to people in, in, you know, like, in the room. Then he walks out onto Wabash, and he's going up and down the sidewalk <laughs> playing. Like, this is an 87-year-old man. That's great. Yeah. That's uh, great. And, and Bobby Rush opens for him. He's 90. What was it? He's how 90. Was he? <laughs> he was great. He's uh-huh. uh, he's another guy who spent a lot of time in Chicago. He's in Mississippi now, and he's opened for Buddy a couple times now at Canal Shores in Evanston when Buddy did his show up there last, yeah. uh, last summer. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby yeah, yeah. was the opener there, and... So, yeah, I mean, it's really the elder statesman of the Blues. I mean, 87 and 90, right? There's just not a lot of these guys left. And not only are they still here, they're still doing it at such a high level, which is just impressive and inspiring to me. 87-year-old buddy guy wandering down Wabash? Come on, Uh man! Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't get cooler than that. So we're we're doing the interview this week, and I've never oh. I've never interviewed Buddy, and I'm extremely excited. I don't get nervous See, for these a lot anymore. Yeah, no, and that, I got to say, Buddy, that's yeah. that's I'm nervous and excited. No, 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 I understand. I would totally. I would, if I were in your boots, I'd be nervous too, man. The guy's a, well, obviously, you know, no pun intended. He's a legend. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. question about it. Now, you talk a little bit about his daughter, uh, Carlise. Yes. T- tell me about that. Tell me about her. Yeah. So she's in the new the new blue band. So. New Blue Band, I think, is a play on Bobby Blue Bland, yeah, who was BB King's, I think, cousin. But yeah, um, so she's in the New Blue Band. They just got back from Germany, and yeah, she opened for Buddy uh, on the last show of the January residency. And so, I mean, it was really cool to see, you know, to, to see the two of them kind of ham it up together. She came out during his set a little bit too, and it was, it was just really cool. I mean, he's a, uh, he's he just announced a, a run of tour dates that are starting in April. He's calling it his farewell tour. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but he's he's going back on the road at eighty seven. So God, I mean, it's unbelievable, it's, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I like I like talking about old people, man. Madonna and uh, <laughs> I mean, and they're CPAP still machines. They're still, yeah, and CPAP, yeah, and and this guy from Alterbridge was like thirty <laughs> talking about a CPAP machine backstage. Meanwhile, people are bitching because Madonna doesn't get on until ten o'clock. You know. It's ridiculous, man. By the way, Buddy Buddy went on about the same time, and nobody was complaining. Nobody complained. Nobody complained. No. He's 87. He's wandering down yeah. Wabash. I mean, come on, man. How is that not the coolest shit in the world? I mean, he, how do you He not, comes I mean, back in, and this happened to be where I was. You're, you'll be shocked that this is where I was standing. I was standing by the bar. I actually, I followed, I followed him outside because every year he does this, and I'm like, I've always wanted to see. I've yeah. actually thought about going there on a night I don't have tickets and, and just, just standing, standing outside out there on because I know he's going to come out. And yeah. So this time, this time because we were covering it, I knew I could get away with it. I'm like, oh, I have to include this as part of the story. Oh, I so see. I walk, I walk out, I walk outside with the crowd of photographers and buddies, yeah. handlers, and everything, and I and right. I watch this whole thing, and I'm like, I better sneak back in before everyone else, so I'm not in the right. way. And so I walk in, and as soon as you walk into Legends, the bar is right there. So, uh, yeah. you know, packed club. So I just walk in. I'm like, I'll stand yeah. by the bar. And, you know, and Buddy walks in, beeline straight to the bar, and did yeah. a shot of Cavassier, and then went back on stage. <laughs> Unbelievably cool. He he set his microphone down on the bar. He had his guitar still strapped on. <laughs> he did did the shot of Cavassier, picked up the mic, and walked right back over to the stage. That, I was like, see, that's the easy <laughs> You can't be cooler than that. Like, seriously, no. you can't be cooler than that. No. I don't give a shit what great. you do. That's the cool. I mean, you can't. That's that's the best thing I've ever heard. All That's the best it, thing I've heard was, all week, man. It was that's fantastic. Un- amazing. God. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to see him play there. 
you know, um, uh, and it's been amazing. And, uh, you know, he opened for he opened for Dave like three times. I, I remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember and, all that. It's Soldier uh, Field. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and so that was fun. And I've seen him. I've seen him, you know, like in other venues. But it was great to see him open for Dave because like, you know, like, I mean, there were thousands of people there and like, right. just like digging on what he was doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, and at that time he was go, oh, God forbid, he was 77 or <laughs> You know, sixty. No, right. he was sorry. He was seventy probably at that time. Yeah. He was he was right. only seventy, so he was very young. And probably people were bitching because he came out on stage too late. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, uh, I, I always say it, Nick. Every every year, you know, I was lucky enough to go twice this year. The, I bought a ticket and went opening night. And I tell everybody, I'm like, if you've never seen Buddy Guy at Legends, he does oh, it every January. Yeah. And that's his whole thing is that yeah. you he hangs out at Legends all the time. If he's yes, not he touring. Does. You're liable to see him hanging out in that, there, and he'll I, jump up on stage and he'll sing, but that's he won't where play guitar. I, that's where I've seen him. That's I mean, I've seen hey. I've seen him play it. I've seen him play guitar, but I've been at Buddy Guys at, at Legends a few times where he just it was there, and he he jumps and up on like, stage. He'll, fuck he'll yeah, jam man! With it's, performing, yeah, get it. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's it's pretty great, but but yeah. seeing him during that January residency is worth whatever it costs every year. I don't care what I have to pay. Yeah, amazing. That's amazing. Uh, some other people that you talked to, you talked to Jenna Jameson, porn star extraordinaire Jenna Jameson, <laughs> who was at the she was at the Days of the Dead uh, um, uh, convention. Yeah, uh, 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 I, I I prefer the flashback horror convention. I, I yes, yeah. uh, but Jen- Jenna has done a couple of horror movies, and uh, you know, uh, in, in zombie strippers being one of them. Yes, um, and uh, and she was there. I have never met Jenna Jameson. I have, however. Um, um, seen her perform. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've seen her perform many, many years ago yes. at the yes. at the no 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 live at the Admiral oh. Theater. I saw her. Oh, perform sure, yes, the, yes, yes, yes. I saw her perform at the at the Admiral Theater. Scenic uh, uh, Lawrence and Pulaski. Yes, yes, yeah. I don't never live been very there. far from there right now. You've never been to the Admiral no. <laughs> one time. Jesus I went one time. I went. I went on my 18th birthday. Wow! Because the because the admiral is is they don't sell alcohol. You can get in. No, at eighteen. Yes, exactly. exactly. And so I went on my eighteenth birthday. Yeah. That's why. That's why the whole new can, world was open. That's up why to the me. ladies can go bottomless. That's why they can because they don't sell liquor. <laughs> so it was that's a long why time ago. That's why they can go totally nude. That's why you can you you have sharps when you go there because that's when the ladies can get to go bottomless. So, mm-hmm. but I have seen Jenna Jameson perform, and I've of course seen her movies. I'm not going to say I haven't. Of course I have. And she's been in some uh, non-porno uh, movies as well. Uh, and she and, said a lot of comics. Yeah, she said she's been in a lot of comics too. And and also private parts. She's got a part. And, oh yeah, she's yeah, great she's in private parts. And uh, had a nice little run in ECW. Exactly, well. had a great run in ECW. So you met Jenna Jameson. She's uh, she's an interesting chick. So been been in the she business is. and has uh, gone through a lot of stuff. What was it? What was it like to talk to Jenna Jameson? Well, I'll tell you the funniest thing she said to me first because she's super shrewd businesswoman, which oh, that was God. the whole yeah. that was the whole crux of our conversation for Forbes yeah. was her approach to the business side. Yeah. But so Barry was going to take a portrait photo of her and he's got a backdrop set up and so he'll he'll step on like a small step ladder so he could shoot down, you know, so yeah. he's not shooting up. And uh so when he I've seen it a million times when he does that, he tends to lean forward and when she was standing in front of the backdrop, she kind of leaned forward so he he took the first couple of photos and he showed her when he goes, just do me a favor, take like two steps back. And she goes, okay. And she goes, yeah. She goes, sorry, I have, I have this habit of kind of swallowing the camera. And then she, she stops, she turns and she looks at me and goes, story of my life, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, 
I'm like I don't know yeah. whether to laugh. I don't yeah. know whether to no. do this look uncomfortable. No. I probably did both. Um, so, so the I, gist of the conversation was about how savvy she is business wise. Yeah, she. Yeah. Um, I mean, so she was way ahead on the internet, and she yep. had started her own website, Club Jenna, yep. that went so well that she was hosting. She was putting together and hosting websites through Club Jenna for a lot of adult performers, which kind of pre OnlyFans gave a lot of them the opportunity to work not for to not be holding to a studio yeah you know they could kind of control you know the work and what they're comfortable doing and all of that stuff in a way yeah. they couldn't yeah. um she saw the what what was gonna what the what the internet could be capable of doing which is you know make a lot of this stuff available for free and she sold club jenna to playboy in 2007 for a lot of money yeah way ahead she got out <laughs> while the getting was still good yeah uh and as she said now that she can, you know, gives her the opportunity to, to go to these fan conventions, you know, she, it was fascinating. Nick, she had the longest line, the second longest oh. line we saw all weekend and it was consistent and it never stopped because we were, she was, she just had a table on the convention floor. She wasn't even like hidden away, like right. in an alcove or anything. She's yeah. out there just mix, mixing and mingling with people. Even if, you know, you don't want to buy something, you'd stop by and say hello and that line, we were like, when the hell are we going to go up and try to ask her to come take a photo with her? Because she's not going to want to leave that table, and I don't blame her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there was nonstop people there. It was impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's amazing. Having been a part of the convention world for, like, over 20 years now, it's fascinating to see um, how these conventions have grown over the years. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, the, the whole photo op thing, you right. know, the professional photo op thing has grown. That business has just grown in leaps and bounds over the years that yeah. we we first started using it at flashback uh and that's a incredibly uh, uh lucrative uh, uh thing and you know you can make you know as a celebrity even if you're like a b celebrity or a c celebrity or whatever you could make bank doing those things if you travel around and do con- the convention circuit you can make a living that's that. that was an interesting thing to hear a lot of these because uh, as you know there were a lot of b you know yeah. level Absolutely. Actors and actresses there yeah. and stuff, and it was yeah. kind of fascinating to have that conversation. Who, what's the craziest response you've ever seen to like one celebrity at one of these? The the one okay, so because I do flashback, you know, regularly. The the longest line and the most intense fans of all of of all of them. And ours is horror, specifically yeah. horror. Uh, Robert England. There's no uh, other. Sure. There's nobody who comes close to the amount of people, the intensity, um, the dressing up. The people that will wait in line, his lines, you know, he'll be there for all three days and he'll do, he's very, very cool with fans. He does everything. But man, if you're going to, you're going to go to a convention and you're going to, you're going to, you know, you want to meet and get your, bring all your shit to be signed and get a picture or have a conversation with Robert England, you're going to wait a long time. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's, That's it's crazy. pretty crazy. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, every year, you know, there's always something, you know, there's always somebody that's like the, the anchor uh, of the year. And last year we had like a scream right. reunion. We had like Skeet Ulrich was there and Jamie Kennedy and, you know, and, and, and some other people from Scream. Rose McGowan was there. And she's a lovely woman, by the way, a really cool, really cool chick who's got a really terrible reputation, but that doesn't deserve it. Um, I know you guys was, had was, one of the coolest things I ever saw that I was so bummed I couldn't get over there to do it, which was 
the photo ops with Alex Winter from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in a fucking phone booth. Yeah, in the phone booth. Yeah. <laughs> it was so yeah. great. I remember seeing yeah, yeah, those yeah. photos on social no, and going, God, we, that's we great. Do, they do that every year at Flashback, and I know that this year we're going to do it too, where they bring a set. They build sets where you can get your picture taken on the set with the so people. cool. Um, like the, the picture that I've got with uh, Rose McGowan is um, uh, in front of uh, the Scream house. Like the, that's awesome. The, yeah, in front of the Scream house. And so they build the sets. They bring them in and all that, all that, uh, all that, all that cool stuff. So it's, 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 it's awesome. But, yeah, you know, I mean, the, the, I love going to Flashback every year, and I go to other conventions too. And the convention circuit has become very lucrative for these people, and God bless them, man. Yeah, and I And, agree. you know, our last Flashback convention was during the strike. Okay. And and it was interesting because like, you know, the Q&As that I do, I, w- I had to talk to each one of them, each person. I'm like, okay, what yeah, can that's you talk harder, about? Right? What, imagine, what right? And I know you had to do interviews during that time. Yeah, a little too. bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's difficult. It's like, what's the terrain here? What, what's okay to talk about? What isn't okay to talk about? And they were surprisingly like really open to saying, look, we're, you know, I'm supporting my, you know, I'm supporting my union and, uh, and everything. And, uh, uh, but like, I, you know, this is this, you know, like I, you know, I, I, I make money doing this, right? Uh, and and this is a this is a way that I I earn a living. I don't you know I don't make the kind of money that everybody else makes and all this other right. stuff. And so yeah, if we're gonna have a Q and A, I'm gonna talk to the crowd, you know. Uh, so, but yeah, and 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 I find it really interesting. And I love doing I love doing flashback and you know getting all kinds of really uh, interesting stories from these people. But it's a great it's a great environment to, and to have Jenna Jameson at a con like that. It's you're gonna get really good stories from that. There's no question about yeah. it. And I and I kind of love like it's nothing against the bigger ones like C two E two but like I really like these smaller ones like just a little bit smaller where yeah it is a little bit more personable right you can because it's C two E two it's like if you're not paying a gazillion dollars for the photo op you can't get within fifty no. feet of a lot of these it's people true. like you can no, barely it's, it's, even see them yeah and it's to true. the point where they have security shooing you away if you're it, even hovering like it's funny it's funny because like um we have you know flashback is always the first weekend in august and then usually the week after or two weeks after is fan expo which used to be wizard world and right. that's across the street at, at donald e stevens so that's in the convention right. center and it's bigger it's not quite as big as like you know uh, uh c2e2 and stuff but it's big it seems and like it's getting bigger am i right it is getting I, like bigger. when i yeah. saw some of the guests last year like michael j fox and stuff yeah. i was like wow yeah no they had huge guests there and again the setup is crazy you're way far away but right. yeah, at Flashback, we're in a hotel. We're at the Hyatt Regency. I love that. And it's I really a, love it's, that. It's a ballroom, and you can walk around. And if, you, if you're not waiting in line, you can go up and get a picture and like look at them and meet them. And the Q and A's are, you know, if you pay admission uh, to, you know, to to Flashback, the Q and A's are part of it. So you can go in and sit down and ask a question and be a part of the Q and A's. Uh, yeah, and it's and and it's much more. It, the people are much more approachable. Um, it's a Flashback is sort of a medium size. Uh, convention it's grown over the years um but yeah no I, I i love going to those and 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 you're right i mean there's a difference between going to like a c2e2 or a fan expo and something like yeah. that you do it's it's you know and and i think a lot of the celebrities like it more too i mean in fact i that's been my experience yeah i did the q a i moderated the q a with skeet ulrich uh skeet ulrich and and uh jamie kennedy and uh lee Wanell, who played uh ghostface and I did their thing, and they, one of they were they were like, "Wow, it's really cool to like be in kind of a smaller ballroom, you know, in a hotel." We were hanging out playing. We were we, they were playing cornhole till five o'clock in the morning in somebody's hotel room, <laughs> like the night before. And you don't That's do awesome. that at C two E two. You know no, what I mean? That don't. just doesn't no happen. So uh-uh. it's a completely different experience. All right, really yeah. quickly, 
You yeah. saw uh, Lemonheads. They played three nights at uh, Space in Evanston. What a great place to see that band, right? That is, yeah. That's uh, it was it was really interesting too. I mean, because I, I think Evan Dan was one of the most underrated songwriters Agreed. of the '90s decades, and Agreed. and he's, you know, he shot himself in the foot a little occasionally, um, with with how candid he is and talking about a lot of stuff. But when we try to cover him, that's that's what I always try to. I try to make sure people remember that this guy is one hell of a songwriter. And the first night they did the It's a Shame About Ray album in full, and the second night they did the Come On Feel, the Lemonheads, the the second major label one, all the way through. Yeah. And man, the, the, some of the songs on those two albums are just, they're as good as anything that came out in the 90s, and I, I feel like it's sort of criminal sometimes that I don't think he really gets his due yeah. necessarily. Yeah, yeah. As and, that and, guy. And, and three nights at space, what a, you know, because that place is, you know, I mean... It's a great Talk about place a place a that's show. growing too. Yeah, they've got. I noticed uh, when when we were over there, the there's a vacant lot next door that's that's completely leveled, yeah. like literally leveled. And I asked, I go, "Are you guys are you guys getting ready to expand again?" <laughs> and they said, yeah. "Yeah." And he goes, "We're." I'm like, "They're gonna like double in size, man." Yeah. Suzanne's Suzanne Vegas playing there in April. She's playing two nights. They're um, they're getting such fantastic yeah. acts. They just had John Hyatt like for three nights or something. I know. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suzanne played there last time she came through town. Uh, she played there, and uh, and she's coming at the end of April. She's playing two nights there. I love um, these like smaller like clubs you can go to that are, you know, you go to space. I got a. I had a. I went the other night for uh, the Big Shoulders Brass Band on Fat Tuesday. Yeah. And my hur- my hurricane was eight dollars. Uh, I was able to park for free around the corner. Like yeah. that's really nice sometimes. That's cool. You know? That's nice. Yeah. Now yeah. I like and 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 City Winery is another one that uh, that they do a great job over there too. And uh, as you mentioned, like Al Franken is playing there, um, and that's a, that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool space too. Um, yeah, they've pivoted. They've had a ton of comedy coming into which It's a great huge. for that. I saw Michael yeah. Rappaport there a couple of months ago, and he was. I saw Arsenio there a couple of years ago. I just saw yeah. Patton Oswalt there. Yeah, that's yeah. a good spot for that. Great, great place. All right, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, you, you, the the announcements are coming up, uh, and. Uh, but I mean, the big thing is that you're going to be interviewing uh, Buddy Guy. I'm so excited about Buddy Guy. Yeah, um, I've got a couple. I've got a couple that I'm working on here that what I'm really excited about. What else? Max Max Weinberg. Oh, cool. That's cool. Is a great one. Yeah. He's. I didn't know any of this. So, like, you stop me if you knew this. But when he was doing the Conan gig, like, it's a super impressive business angle. Actually, he, part of what he he wanted to make himself indispensable in NBC because he thought he was setting up for life post E Street Band, right? Yeah. Because Bruce at that point was just doing his own thing. The E Street Band didn't come back till what I think like, like oh one the Rising or was that, yeah. was that when he brought the E yeah. Street Band back? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Max was the guy that NBC would send like anytime they needed somebody to glad hand or like to try to like push a business deal through, they would send Max. Oh, is so, that like, right? Max Max became like this super. He goes, he goes. I can tell you some stories about some of the the business deals uh, that have happened oh. under my watch. <laughs> like, oh That's my amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. That's and crazy. so he was super hands-on on all the business stuff. And wow. then then when Bruce came back, you know, he was able to figure out a way where he could, yeah. you know, Jimmy Vivino could kind of take over the Conan gig a little bit while he was gone. But, yeah. you know, Bruce would come on the show and he was able to make both of those worlds exist. He's a super savvy guy. I was really yeah. impressed by Max That's Weinberg. Awesome. That's cool. All right. Yeah. That's coming up. Everybody can check it out at Forbes.com, uh, right for the Daily Herald as well. And your uh, Radio Jim Ryan is the website as well. Uh, Jim, it's great. I'll probably see you Sunday then um, at uh, at City Winery for Al. I hope so. I'm Al looking Franken. forward to it. Yeah, I'll look for you. Train's coming by. We can end that. Uh, oh wait, hold on. We'll just we'll just we'll do this. How often does a train go by? 
so often you won't even notice it. All right, Jim, thanks. We'll talk to you next time, man. Thanks. There you go. Jim Ryan from Forbes Magazine writes about music, interviews musicians. Great guy in general. Always a great time to talk about uh, that stuff. We didn't even get to the documentary about We Are the World, but that's okay. Me and Steve and Eric covered it. Anyway. Hey, uh, you know who it's time to talk to? It's time to talk to Esmeralda Leah. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Yeah, Esmeralda Leon joins me on uh, every episode, and uh, this is episode number 221 of the Nick D Podcast. So let's say hello to Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, did you have a uh, Did you have a, a a fun weekend? Did you do anything uh, spectacular? Uh, no, I did oh. not do anything spectacular. No, but <laughs> but you had a good weekend nonetheless. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, you and Brandon Weatherby uh, did um, a podcast here in uh, Chicago at the Hungry Brain a couple of nights ago. Yeah, uh, we did. Y- you, me, them, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Which is the name of the podcast that, that, that Brandon's been doing that podcast since what, like two thousand nine or something, even earlier than that. Um, yes, since two thousand nine, about yeah, wow. probably a little earlier than that. Wow, wow, man, that's 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 pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. And uh, and I love the story. Like you ended up like uh, meeting him through he was dating one of your friends, and you thought he was a jerk when you first met him. Was that the, was was that no? He no? we I met him through. Uh, the school radio station at DePaul. Oh, okay. He was he was running, or he was the one. He was the the head. He was the program, like the student program director. Oh, okay. Um, and I didn't like him. <laughs> right, I remember. First. I remember. You I didn't, didn't even like know him, him yet. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know him yet. I just knew he ran a zine. A little he had like a little <laughs> magazine thing that he would put out um under the name feeder mm. f-e-t-o-r okay um which means a strong foul smell <laughs> um but i would see them all over campus i would see like stickers and all this stuff and for some reason it just rubbed me the wrong way <laughs> mm-hmm. i was just like whoever that is so annoying yeah i hate it um and then i think i had known who it was i found out who it was and then um i was funny to to learn that he was then i would be working with him at the radio station i was like oh Uh, (laughs) but then i got to know him and he was very lovely and we've known each other since okay all right cool and uh and it's uh you me them every everybody and you guys used to do it well when he lived in chicago it was it was a more it was on a more regular but he lives in dc now right, right? Mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. it was on a more regular basis and you're kind of your home base was for a while was the was the hungry brain yeah um which is a bar on uh belmont uh near western mm-hmm. and uh um, and you you in fact you used to work there um at, yeah uh, 
at one point. Yeah. And uh, and is is the setup still the same? Because I haven't been to the brain in many. Um. Years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been. Um. So it changed ownership, but um, who bought it was a patron of the bar. So it is still. It just got a little updated. Um. But it is still the same setup. Mm-hmm. It is still a stage, and like they they didn't really do anything um, structurally to the bar. Right. So it's still pretty much the same. That's cool. I always mm-hmm. liked that place. Yeah. I did. I always I always liked that place. Uh, but I mentioned like you know the stage is like right in the front when you first walk in, mm-hmm. and when yeah. you when you walk in you have to like walk right past the stage, and when you leave you have to walk right past the stage to get out. Um, and I've told you this before that we were there, my buddies and I were there, and we were in the back of the bar. Um, and all of a sudden, like this really bad improv group got up on stage and we were like, oh shit. Cause we didn't want to leave. <laughs> Cause when you leave, it's yeah. obvious that you're leaving, you know, like the people on right. stage, you have to walk past the people on stage. You are basically lit. You are stage lit. When you walk past, <laughs> it's like you're making an announcement. We are leaving like in the middle of a performance. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up like sitting there and watching like, uh, like 45 minutes of really bad improv. Um, you know, so, uh, but yeah, it's, I was, I was, well, I'm sure of, they appreciated it. Yeah, I no, I mean, you, you, I don't want to leave. <laughs> and, I mean, it's just, I, no matter how bad it is, I'm not going to do that, you know, in the middle of somebody's performance, you know, but, but yeah, no, I, uh, but I've seen, I've seen, um, you guys do the podcast. I was a guest one time, uh, on, mm-hmm. on the podcast yeah. many years ago, probably like over 10 years ago. Um, um, but yeah, it was yeah, because cool. I wasn't working. I wasn't working at the station at that point. Right, we didn't know all. each other. We didn't know each other. Yeah, uh, and and then like you showed up uh, at WGN, and I was like, wait a minute, well, you were on the, you were on with Brandon on the thing with the thing, <laughs> and then you were like, yeah, that was you, and I'm like, yeah. So, but uh, so you guys had it. You had a gig. How often does 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 Brandon come back? Um, and how often do you guys get to go to Brain or someplace else? I know there are other venues in. Which- um, I mean, it it really varies. It's really, it's it's really all up to him if he has to come back for something. If there's a holiday, yeah. Um, but we don't do it in any kind of regular fashion. <laughs> right, right. And what was he in town for? Because you guys, uh, just- no clue. No, oh, you just no showed idea. up. No, no idea. <laughs> yeah. He just called you and said, "Hey, we're going to do it." And you know, no. yeah. So was it fun to get back in there and uh, and 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 do it again? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's fun to you know to when he comes into town to get. Yeah, it's always to fun show. to it's always fun to do the show. Yeah. Who did you guys have on this time? What were some of the things? Uh, we had um, an artist um, who does. His name is Sean Smith. He does uh, this. He has this kind of brand, I guess you could say, called mm-hmm. Seanimals. Um, okay. and you, if you are in the city of Chicago, you've probably seen them. He kind of does like, they're kind of round or square shaped. So they're all kind of shaped like square triangle, um, kind of figures. Mm. And he has, he does have art like all through the city, but he also does, um, actual little dolls and stuff or he did for a time. Okay. Um, which is the kind of the basis off of his name, Seanimals. Right. Because um, they they're like little animals. Um, but yeah, he does He does a lot of art. He was working for a minute um, with Threadless, which is the t-shirt yeah. company. Mm-hmm. So he was doing all that kind of stuff. But he oh, has his cool. own. He's He in his own right is an artist. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And I, and, and um, you had a band? I mean, you have, you, he, he does, he normally has, does he have the same band on or different bands when, when, uh, 
Um, it's usually a different band, but we didn't have one. We just had a house band. The house band. Uh, okay. so a kind of a friend of his played guitar for us. Okay, cool. Did you have a stand up? Because I know he likes to have. Uh... No, we didn't. No. no. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think it was. I'm trying to remember who the stand up was the night that I was uh, that I was on. I think it might have been James Fritz. I don't know if you remember oh. James Fritz. Yeah, James Fritz. Yeah, I remember James. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he used to drink at uh, Simon's. He's, uh... Oh, yeah. He's yeah. in L.A. now. He yes, lives he is. in L.A. now. Yeah, he's in L.A. Yeah, but I think he was I think he was on when I was a guest uh, back in the day. So, but anyway. Well, how's Brandon doing? Is he good? Yeah, he's doing yeah. all right. Okay. And everybody should check out You, Me, Them, Everybody. He's got... Uh, God, I mean, it's since 2009 so there's got to be i mean jesus christ there's got to be like hundreds of episodes then yeah yeah because he does he does the live show he does it in dc so there's Mm -hmm. more um when he's not here he's doing it over there so there are plenty of episodes (laughs) well he's a talented guy and uh and a very funny guy and um and 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 i like him i like him a lot he was a guest on uh on my show on gn uh, a few times and um and uh, yeah very 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 cool guy you meet them everybody and you should check out that uh, that website and you can hear all of the episodes do you know how many episodes you're on with him i mean i mean it's got oh ton, i couldn't right? tell you yeah yeah, I could. <laughs> yeah there's a lot there's a lot all right so esmeralda had a nice show at the hungry brain this past week with brandon weatherby make sure you check out you meet them everybody um and uh you can get all of the uh, archived episodes and uh maybe he'll come back to town at some point soon and uh, everybody can check it out and this is the response that most people have yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, what, that's the you ever hear that out in the crowd yeah, when people yeah, yeah. oh of course of course yeah Uh-oh. hi i'm carrie russell and i love nick's show oh she's wearing a you me uh, them everybody uh, t-shirt Oh. oh wow! Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, yeah. and I now, love Nick's show. You might want to let uh, Brandon know that she's like making money off of his his you know his uh, right. Yeah, she's selling yeah. t-shirts. She's selling you, me, uh, them, everybody t-shirts on my back porch right now. So Brandon might want to. I mean, I'm amazed that he's that she's selling any. <laughs> <laughs> People are buying them. It's like wow. Yeah. No, they 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 they, they love them. They love them. Hey, by the way, for people who might not know. Where does you, me, them, everybody come from? Like that's the name of his uh, of his talk show uh, from the Blues Brothers, right? Um, so there's the there's a little intro they do at the end when they're playing the big charity show, right? Um, and they're doing that little intro to the music, um, and they say they say that they yeah. they just say you, me, them, everybody, everybody. So yeah. Yeah, that's where it comes from. So it comes from the Blues Brothers. All right. So, uh, cool. So make sure you check it out. You, me, them, everybody. Uh, those podcasts are a lot of fun, and they're really, really awesome. So there you go. Um, all right. Now let's see what else. Okay. So, you know, uh, everybody. See, you, me, them, everybody loves Brandon. Everybody loves Edward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys are celebrities that everybody loves. See how I'm segueing here? Oh, I'm trying sure. to segue. Yes. Yes. Oh, by the way, in a little bit, we are going to continue with our Universal Yums tour of France. So mm-hmm. we have a box full of French snacks, and uh, every month, Universal Yum send us, sends us a box. Our thanks to our, our great friend and listener, uh, Deanna, for signing us up for this. And you can check it out at universalyums.com. Um, and we're going to taste some, some, some stuff from uh, a couple of, couple of snacks from France. We'll do that a little bit later on. Yes. Taste test some fun stuff. 
But before that, you know, everybody uh, loves uh, a lot of celebrities. But and we talked about celebrities that everybody loves. Um, and uh, we did read that email from the person who was like, I don't know the difference. I can't tell the difference between Paul Rudd and all these other guys. Because Paul, yeah. <laughs> Paul Rudd was on the list of celebrities that everybody loves. But now we're going to go into the opposite direction. And celebrities that everybody hates. So I have a list in front of me uh, that falls under the vast category of celebrities that everybody hates. Now, before I, would, I go into the list, if I were to say, if I said to you, hey, Esmeralda, can you name a couple of celebrities that you think that everybody hates? Is there anything that pops everybody into your Everybody hates. Yeah. I mean, if, or you just want to start with celebrities that, you, that bug you. I know there's probably a million. Uh, but yeah. Cele- the celebrities that kind of get under your skin that really irritate you, maybe not necessarily, maybe hate's a strong word, but celebrities that are like, you could just do without. Um, the first one that comes to mind, and he's not even that big of a celebrity. He has become a bigger celebrity, I guess, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, that guy. He could, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of podcasts. Kick rocks, please. Yeah. He is a very successful, <laughs> a very, very successful podcaster. Um, Joe Rogan started out as a stand-up comedian. Um, yeah. Well, he's still a stand-up. And I actually was just... I was just watching him on news radio. Yeah. In yeah. the good old days when yeah. we didn't know he was such an enormous douchebag. Yeah. And he is an enormous douchebag. But yeah, I used to actually think he was funny because, you know, he was, he was a stand-up comedian. He was a comedic actor. He would show up on stuff like he was on. He was a regular on, on news radio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he appeared on a lot of stuff. And, and I remember, you know, uh, when Comedy Central used to do a lot of like half an hour stand-up showcases and stuff. He was on a lot of those, and he would pop up on, you know, mm-hmm. on different things there. Uh, and he was like a comedic actor slash stand-up who I thought was kind of funny. And then, if you remember, do you remember what his big like crossover gig was? Uh, it was the the Fear Factor. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Yep. He used to force people to eat cockroaches and stuff. That was his thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, was uh, <laughs> so then Joe Rogan was the host of Fear Factor, and that's when he started to get kind of annoying. That's when I was like, okay, I don't find this guy funny anymore. And I never liked Fear Factor anyway. I never really watched it. But essentially, it was like him making people do really horrifying things to themselves and others, and you know, like stand on a cliff and jump off or eat bugs and that kind of shit. And then yeah. the Joe Rogan Experience is that the name of his podcast? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but now he's got this podcast and he's got all kinds of weird political views and he's outspoken and he's really a douchebag and he's very annoying and and he makes millions and millions of dollars being a professional douchebag. Yeah. He he loves to spread a lot of misinformation. Yes, he does. <laughs> and his opinions are insanely like half of them don't make sense. So he was um essentially i don't know i'm assuming i wouldn't say he was a covid denier but he was you know taking horse pills and things like that so it's like okay sure i remember he was one of those (sighs) he was one of those i don't trust the government i'm not gonna take the shot take horse you know yeah yeah horse medicine or whatever you know like like trump was doing let's inject bleach you know into our yeah Exactly. You remember when Trump would, would have those press conferences at the beginning of COVID when COVID was starting to get a little bit out of hand? And mm-hmm. like he would get up to the microphone and, of course, say because he's incapable of not saying anything that isn't fucking stupid um, because he's a fucking idiot. But uh, when he got up in front of the microphone and then like every time he talked, like Fauci standing next to him, just going, oh, my God, 
You know, like you know, <laughs> yeah, because he kept saying things. It's like, why can't you just, just shut keep up. your mouth shut about this? You don't no, he know. He can't shut up about anything. Yeah. yeah, he cannot shut up about anything. He's fucking. He, he, oh my god. But anyway, but like, I would always like watch those press conferences and just look at Fauci, just focus on Fauci, just going standing next to this guy, going, "Why does he just shut? Oh my god, I got to deal with this guy." <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we could just drink bleach. I remember the bleach thing and they cut to Fauci and Fauci's like, no, 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 no. You shouldn't drink bleach. Like he's on a side. God. <laughs> I guess you have to tell people not to drink bleach. It's yeah. Like- yeah. Well, there are people that follow that idiot. It will follow him. Like if Trump tells people to drink bleach, there's a, there are millions of people who will drink bleach. Yeah. Yeah. Almost actually almost half this country, which is terrifying. <laughs> so yeah, Joe Rogan, I agree with you. Absolutely. Douchebag uh, extraordinaire. No question about it. Oddly, I'm looking at this list. I don't think Joe Rogan is on here. Um, he's not. Not on the list that I have. But he certainly belongs on the list. Yeah. I also, like, I don't. Celebrity seems too high for him. Yeah. Although he is. I mean, he's a celebrity. You know, he is. Um, and I guess, I mean, I guess it depends on what your, like, strict definition of a celebrity is. But the guy is a celebrity. I mean, you know. Um, but I guess this list of celebrities that everybody hates, maybe he doesn't fall on uh, into that list, perhaps. And like Trump's not on this list either, because there are not everybody hates them because there's a large portion of this country that believe the kind of shit that Rogan and Trump say. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's terrifying and sad and pathetic. But the fact is, it's not everybody. You know, there's there's not a, there's a right, vast, right. Of, you know, uh, there's not a vast majority. They do not fall under a vast majority of that. So, which is terrifying, actually. <laughs> but, <laughs> but here are the, according to this, and some of this, the list, this list, of course, is arguable, because I'm sure that there mm-hmm. are some people on this oh, list course, that, yeah. that everybody likes. That's why we're bringing it up, so we can have kind of a goofy conversation about it. Uh, and so that at some point, somebody can God go. God damn it, Nick. And, or. I'll give you asthma. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Here's, here, here's the list. And let's see if you agree. Um, and this, by the way, was a list that was, Posted on IMDb. Now, I don't know if it was generated by IMDb or if it was... You know how IMDb does does polls every once in a while? You can be a part of a poll. Hey, mm-hmm. what's the best Christmas movie? And then blah, blah, blah. And then they make... You know, then they show the results of whoever participated, the millions of people online who participated in the poll. I don't know if that's the case here, but it is a list of everybody... Celebrities everybody hates. Here's the first one on the list. Right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about her. Forgot about her. She's been quiet lately, so like we don't really, yeah, yeah. Haven't really heard from her. Yeah, I always thought, you know, I mean, it, when she first like burst on the scene, you know, as an actress and stuff, there were a couple of movies that I really liked her. In, in fact, a few movies I liked her in. I mean, I like her in Seven. Oh no, I I used to love her. I yeah. thought she was great. Yeah, and then she started selling people candles that smelled like her, like her. Her hoo-ha. vagina. Her hoo-ha. Yeah. Um, and like, Which I'm go- like, no. The goop thing. Uh, mm-hmm. That was like the goop. Mm-hmm. And she still, I mean, she still sells like, you know, like shit for like, this, this is a, here's a $600 uh, a p- bottle of perfume, you know. Yeah. That, goop that will... still exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I know. <laughs> I know it's a thing. Do you, do, do you remember this? The um, Actually, it was very funny because, uh, and I can't remember the name of the character now, but... Um, Heidi Gardner has a character that she plays who that she comes on Weekend Update 
and is all nervous because she works for Goop and doesn't want to be. Uh, oh yeah! If Isn't she makes she like, a mistake, yeah, she was like the promo person. Yeah, or whatever. and if she makes a mistake, Gwyneth's gonna kill her or beat her up. Yeah. And then she did this character. <laughs> she did this character a few times on Update, and then Gwyneth Paltrow showed up, and as herself, right. and uh, yeah, and it was actually yeah, yeah. very funny. It was actually very funny. Uh, but without, no, I, I'm fuzzy on this. Who, what was the deal where she sued? There was a dollar. What was the? There was a remember like it was last year, or the year before, right? Where she brought like a was it a fan or somebody to court over a dollar? Do you remember this? Um, it was like some I weird. I don't remember her doing. She was in court for something that had to oh, do with so a dollar. She, she was in court recently because she was in a, a ski. It wasn't a accident. Accident. That's it. She ran. She well, I said the guy, the the guy who was suing her said that she ran into him and caused a lot of issues or whatever. Right. Physical um, damage or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah. then but she won. She right. won the case. They right. the, right. the the jury decided that she wasn't at fault. Um, and she was awarded a dollar. That's what it was. That's okay. what she asked for. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I knew it involved. I knew it was a court case that involved a dollar. I just didn't know the details. Yeah. Okay. Because he was. Okay. I mean, he was saying that, like, yeah, that she ran into him and whatever. Right. And was, he was at fault, and she wasn't apparently. So. Yeah. yeah just <laughs> just an, just some dude trying to trying to like you know take advantage of a celebrity's money. Like, oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna sue that person because they're a celebrity and they've got millions. So I'm gonna get a yeah. little piece of that. And then she went, now nah, just take a buck. And I, I didn't do anything wrong, so okay. But yeah, the goop thing was a little bit like it, it became it became very annoying. Like the whole like, oh yes, you should do and and like she was selling stuff that not just can not just candles that smelled like her vagina, but didn't she also sell like a thing that you would put in your vagina to Yes to, it was to like, like an egg. Like an egg, right? You would put it in your vagina yeah. and it would and it would like make you relax or loosen your muscles or something along I those have, lines. Yeah, no idea. But yeah. she was just selling a lot of gobbledygook <laughs> weird 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 shit for rich people is what she was selling yeah like, essentially weird, yeah essentially like weird like quote-unquote spiritual hippie like shit for rich people to stick in their vaginas mm-hmm. okay yeah a bunch yeah. of detoxes this and yeah. that like yeah. just uh <laughs> yeah stuff that was um pretty ridiculous and then if you do when you when you go look at that website it's just things are just so insanely expensive oh it's crazy right um it's just a whole and it's only because it's backed by her so then like these things it's like oh yeah whatever uh soaps and this and that you know they're fucking 300 dollars, but it's fine yeah because it's, it's like, going to no. yeah Okay, like, so oh, what it's gonna do all this and that. So it's like no. It's goop. No. Goop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because that was the name of a if I'm not mistaken, if you Google goop, uh besides the Gwyneth Paltrow thing, that goop mm-hmm. I think it was goop, used to be a a a, a like a, a, a a can of soap that you would use, like if you were a mechanic and you had oil all over your hands or you worked someplace that got you like dirty or paint all over you or things like that. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was a, a, a man's soap called goop. Um, and it would come in a tin and you would scoop it out. It was, it was like a, mm-hmm. like a, like it was like a gel. It looked like a hair gel kind of thing. Oh, um, yeah, there is a goop. Yeah. 
And there when I was goop hand cleaner, yeah, yeah, when I was in the in the seventies, like I remember because my dad worked in a factory where you know they they would build vending machines and stuff. So there was conveyor belt and lots mm-hmm. of uh, lots of oil and lots of grease and things like that. So they would have yeah. at the at the sinks in the bathroom and, and near the break room, they would have cans of goop. I remember, and you would scoop it out like it, it looked like pudding, you know, like white pudding. Mm-mm. And you would wash it, and it would get everything off. It would get rid of the grease, the oil, all the stuff under your fingernails. The shit was badass. Ooh, like it was, it nice. really cleaned the hell out of your filthy ass hands. And it was called goop, and and it was just something that was a part of like me going to my dad's work all the time. Mm-hmm. That when I I remember when Gwyneth Paltrow launched the website, like does she sell hand soap? Like it's like. <laughs> <laughs> is she in a partnership with the she, oil yeah. soap because i can't imagine because <laughs> because like, in my mind i can't imagine gwyneth paltrow having dirty hands ever you know what i mean like she's never done right. a day she's never done a day's work in her life you know what i mean like she's never yeah. done a working person working class person's work she doesn't need goop and then she called it goop and i got confused for a while and she was selling soap and i'm like does the soap have anything to do with you know, the, the, the goop of my childhood that I associate with getting rid of dirt, oil, and grime? No. That would so. have been pretty interesting if, if it was, though. I, I, wouldn't if, that like, be that great? that was what it was. She's like, I'm just partnering with them. <laughs> yeah, I'm partnering with goop. <laughs> the extra strength uh, soap to get rid of uh, oil and stuff. But yeah, that's, that's what I, when I first heard her, it was called goop. I'm like, does anybody else remember goop? from the 70s and i guess it's it's still around apparently it's still around yeah, yeah i yeah. think you'll find you can find it in you know in gas stations and mechanics off you know in garages and things like that right um yeah so goop and it's not from gwyneth paltrow not to be confused with the 75 no yeah not, not to be confused <laughs> with the 75 dollar candle that you stick up, up your vagina so uh, mm-hmm. there you go mm-hmm. all right all right so gwyneth paltrow was the first one on the list now this is not listed in order they're random so mm-hmm. it's not like like she's not the number one most hated celebrity. Now the next one right. on uh, this list, um, I vehemently disagree with. Um, I love her. I love this person, and I understand for a while she was annoying, and people didn't like her. Mm-hmm. But I think she's far past that part of her career to put her on a list where everybody hates. She's really now been a lot more awesome for more years than she was annoying. And that's Kristen Stewart. Mm. So she's next on the yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah, she's, I, I mean, I think she kind of, she had a persona yeah. that she was putting on. And she's essentially, she's become her true self now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, but I can yeah, understand that's that. far behind. I can understand. I mean, it's way behind. Because I can understand it. When the, when the Twilight movies came out and she was with Robert Pattinson, those movies are terrible. And she had this image and she was annoying and whatever. And Robert Patton, same thing. Robert Pattinson is another one. When those movies yeah. came out, it was like, these two people suck. And now they're two of the be- literally two of the best actors working in movies today. Like two, yeah. of, two of the most adventurous, risk-taking, talented, awesome actors who know their craft better than a lot of people do. But they did start out. And it's not really, you know, I mean, hey, they took the money. They were kids, you know, like, why not? Yeah, I mean, that's, you gotta, when you're young like that, and you're trying to break in, especially something that was that popular. I mean, Hugely yeah. popular, yeah. I just yeah. watched the movies. They were on Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> back to back. And I'd never seen them. And I just. Oh, like, my God. What, what did you think? What did you think? They are awful. Yeah. <laughs> they are truly terrible. But so many just, good people are in them. 
Like, you yeah, look at it, you're it like, the, what the it fuck? Was crazy to see the second one, like, all these people in it. I'm like, what in the, I mean, I got, I you know, know, paycheck's a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I, because I've seen them all because I had to, you know, like when they came out. And, and I remember seeing the last one because it was in two, whatever the hell it was called. The last one, the last one was in two parts. Because mm-hmm. I guess that that was a thing then, because the Harry Potter, the final Harry Potter movie was split into two parts, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that was a thing then. And so I remember si- sitting in the Davis Theater uh, watching it, and there's this, like, long sequence. And, you, I mean, you, I don't know if you watched the, the last one, but there's a long sequence where, like, the vampires and the werewolves or whatever, the vampires, like, fighting, and there's fucking mayhem, yes. and people are getting decapitated, and there's blood. Yeah. And then you find out it's all a dream. You know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's a vision. It's a, yeah, it's like, a vision. Because <laughs> one of them can can show the future, right? And she said, and she was showing what would happen, right? If they did start to fight, if they did, and then they don't go to war, right? Then they don't. <laughs> well, they go. Oh no, that's oh, not yeah. good. <laughs> right, and so like I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, this is cool because there was a lot of decapitations and some quality kills and some blood and shit. And I was like, yeah, oh, finally, I've sitting through. Crazy. I sit through five of these movies and they're all fucking awful. But now here's this great sequence of just mayhem and blood. And then it's like, not re- it didn't happen. I'm like, what? Like when. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then everyone what? goes off happily ever after. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> fuck you, man. Are you kidding me? That was ridiculous. Um, yeah. But like so many cool, like Michael Sheen is in it. Uh, is in yeah, those Michael and Sheen, Evan um, Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood uh, is in them, and I mean, yeah, people that are awesome. Uh, I can't remember who else, but let's say, it, but I mean, it's like a at one point, like you said, starting with the second one, it became like a who's who of like, holy shit, these people were in the, and I forget, I always forget that yeah, Rami Malek is in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> My God, damn. <laughs> I don't, it's just, when he came out, I was like, what in the hell? (laughs) (laughs) I just, yeah, you start to see the whole cast of them, and they're just so weird. Yeah, they're terrible. It's just so, especially those, those last two, they seem really weird. Like, they just, like, the woman who was writing them, because it's fan fiction, isn't it? Like, that's how It, it started. Yeah, it did. It start. I think it started as fan fiction, and then obviously those books. So that's why and- it's like it's just, it's just unhinged. It is towards the end, like that it- weird child that they she gives birth yeah. to. Yeah, and then in the movies, they they I don't know why they chose to do this, but they CGI'd a baby. Right, <laughs> right. I know it's so weird, and Ugh. and 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 uh, and apparently, I mean, obviously, it was those were those are young adult books, right? I mean, they're aimed at young adults. The Twilight right. series. Yeah. So they're yet mm-hmm. like Harry Potter. They're young adult books. Um, but with and and what they do with the whole vampire genre to me as a as a fan of vampire movies, like fuck off. Vampires don't shine. Get out of here. You know, they don't sparkle. Yeah, it was it was very not great. Yeah. yeah. It was just yeah. <laughs> terrible. And, and Lee yeah. in it. Yeah, I know. What the <laughs> Like all these people who you just would never, I didn't think that they would be in a movie yeah. like that. And then there you go. There you there see them. Are. But you know what? It was probably a big fat check. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially like like Rami Malik and Lee Pace, they're not in it as much. They're kind of like right. in the second half of the movie. So they're probably just like, yeah, we just got to film for a bit. And then. Yeah. And make a, make a big do, bang. Do, make do. some money. 
And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the thing is, like, Kristen Stewart, you know, like, that was a, a huge paycheck for her. But then, like, all the drama that happened because they were dating in real life, and then she cheated on him with the director of that Snow White movie mm-hmm. and all that shit. And then she was like, you know, she and she was young, and she didn't know. And at that point, and now we discovered that she was, like, dealing with her sexuality, you know? Like, she's gay, you know? And, yeah. like, was, like, trying to deal with that as a fucking 17, 18, 19-year-old in a you know, in an environment that's not healthy, you know, to deal with that kind right. of shit. And then you're you're being judged because you slept with your boss who was kind of creepy and married and, you know, yeah. and then she get you know, and then even Trump. Remember Trump? And also, it's, it's also to, your boss. Right, it's like exactly. The he, like the, the power dynamic and the fact that he yeah. went along with it. Yeah, yeah. no. Creepy <laughs> shit, man. Creepy shit. And like, and, and Pattinson tried to stay out of the public eye, you know, like he didn't want that Mm -hmm. and then they both didn't want it and now like years later you know they're friends and they each have their lives she's married and he's married Mm -hmm. and uh and they can they can look back at this and go man it sucked that we were in the public eye while we were trying to grow up (laughs) you know yeah and deal with our lives and in your case deal with your sexuality which you weren't you know capable of dealing with and confused about as anybody of that age is only you had to do it in front of millions of people who were judging you online, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine sure. that. I can't imagine that. It's ridiculous. I love Kristen Stewart, so she's on the list, but I love her. I uh I really do. I I just think she's great. And um yeah. So and and uh Gwyneth Paltrow, Kristen Stewart. Uh it's funny that uh, like the first like five on this list are all women, which of course is not a real shocker because that seems to be Right. You know, yeah. It's easier it's easier to hate women and make fun of women than it is, you know, to make fun of men. Um, exactly. But the next next one on the list is also somebody I like. Maybe I maybe <laughs> this is also somebody I like. But I guess I can understand why people get annoyed with her. But I really like her. Um, Anne Hathaway is on the list of uh, the celebrity everybody hates. Um. Yeah. Okay. And I also think that she has calmed down. Yeah. A bit, but she's very she is very pick me energy. If you've ever heard that. Um, Explain what that is for people. So pick me energy is, um, is kind of, and it's mainly, it's mainly geared towards women, but it's that kind of thing where like you want to be the one chosen to then, uh, I guess, represent (laughs) a whole group of people. But it's like, you know, when, um, when you hear mainly women, They'll talk about how they don't wear makeup. I was like, oh, well, I just don't wear makeup. I just don't. Right. Oh, it's just like too much. It's just too fussy and this and that. And it's like, okay, cool. Nobody's nobody's asking you. Or it's like, oh, I'm just one of the guys. Like, mm. like right. oh, I don't like those girly things. Like, okay. Uh, nothing bad about it, but okay. We don't need right. to hear that. No, pick me, no pick me energy. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And she's also a theater kid, I believe. Uh, she is totally, which yeah. makes it even worse. Theater yeah. kids are the most well, insufferable people. Okay, for me, you know who <laughs> falls into that category, and she played the part in Glee. To is that Leah Michelle? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, she's Not, like the epitome of theater yeah. kid. Yeah, theater Ooh. kid, and pick me energy. She's got pick me energy. Yeah. Um. Ugh, so I, so ugh. this the stuff that's that's applicable to Anne Hathaway, I see. Times a million to her, to Leah Michelle, yeah. and oh no, the, for sure. the, and also 
Like she played that role in Glee and was that person like in real life. Like she that that role that she was in Glee, that was her. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and apparently she's like awful. Yeah. Oh no, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the cast of Glee, like a yep. lot of them and even yep. just people who were on the set for a little bit like yep. that she treated them like garbage. Like, like shit. Just, Absolutely. Privileged yeah. pick me energy as I'm now I'm going to use now every day. I'm going to use that term every day. <laughs> but I I I've all I've never disliked Anne Hathaway. And I the only time I've ever like got annoyed with her was when she was hosting the Oscars, but she wasn't as annoying as James Franco. Remember when they hosted and they, it was terrible? When yeah. They, when they co- um, but James Franco was much more fucking annoying than she was. She was at least trying to do her job. Yeah. James Franco just seemed disinterested, high, and on his phone. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I mean, at least she was trying. She was, oh, she was over, you know, I mean, she was overcompensating, you know? Yes. But I like Anne. I've always liked her. I liked her in The Princess Diaries, I like, and I love her. In, you know, she's in one of my favorite movies ever. She's in Colossal. And I just, I think she's great. And I, you know, and I, but I can totally understand why people, you know, that, that whole pick me energy. I can totally see that. I can absolutely see that. But for some reason she does yeah. not, she doesn't bother me at all. I like her. So. Um, I also recently found out she was in a movie like in the night, I think it was the nineties or a little like early two thousands uh-huh. where she plays like a high school, like a rich high school kid who, um, want, like she hangs out with a group of, Oh of, yeah. 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 No, all that's white um, kids who yeah, like yeah, yeah. act she, as if they're all black. <laughs> yeah. There's that movie. Yep. There's that movie. And I can't remember that. Oh. Can't remember the name of that. She's also in that drug movie where she's like naked the whole movie. Um, Jesus Christ! What was the name? Of there, everybody was on. It was like teenagers on drugs. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. But like Anne Hathaway, like know. if you, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 notorious because that was like she's like naked. This was before Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Um, and like she's like topless in it, and I think it's like called like not heavy, but something. It's I think it's a one word. So the one that I'm thinking of is called Havoc. That's it. Yeah, that's the one. Havoc. And it's so cringy. It is. It it is. Yeah, that's the one. And they're all on drugs. They all act. They all act. They all act black. And she's naked. They're all rich rich white kids. Rich white (laughs) people. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's, yeah, that's Havoc. That's the one. Havoc. Havoc. And she's naked in the entire movie. And that was like a big deal. Like when she first, when she did Princess Diaries and stuff. And all that, mm-hmm. and then the, the havoc thing. Everybody's like, "Oh, Princess Diaries! She, you want to see Princess Diaries? She's not Julie Andrews. She's naked." Blah blah blah. You know. But I remember that was a big deal in the early, you know, like because that was like two thousand, early two thousands. So that was like a, you know, like when you, when you're doing like, you know, like Mister Skin and all that idiot. You know those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was a big deal. I remember Havoc and Anne Hathaway being a big deal in the early days of let's find celebrities nude on the internet. Yeah. That was a big one. Anne Hathaway in Havoc was a big search engine <laughs> for the for the teenage for the teenage boys who were hot in the early two thousands for for celeb nudes. That was a big one. <laughs> that was a big one. But I'm a fan of Anne Hathaway. Do you like her now? Or, or, or... I mean, I don't really deal with her. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I haven't really seen. I haven't have you seen, seen anything. Have you seen Have you seen Colossal? I have not. Okay, give that a shot. Give it a chance. It's a, it's a, and she's in it. Jason Sudeikis is amazing in it. It's uh and as, as I've said a million times, it's one of the, if not the most accurate film ever made about alcoholism. And 
mm-hmm. to have um, a giant Godzilla-like kaiju monster represent alcoholism is pretty fucking great. <laughs> so it's and she's amazing in it. She's absolutely. It's a great, great, great performance. So give that one a shot. I always when people are like, "Hey, Anne Hathaway," I'm like, "Yeah, you should watch Colossal." It was a little movie, you know. It's a weird movie, mm-hmm. but th- that's the one. Like if people are like anti Anne Hathaway, I'm like, just watch Colossal, and you 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 might change your mind because she's really amazing in it. So all right. Well, there are a lot more on this list that we will get to next time, but we got to eat some some stuff from. France. Oh, yes. All right. Now, you picked out a couple of things. What do you want to try first? And then we'll tell, uh, then you can tell everybody what we're going to eat. Let's do the the strawberry bonbons. All right. So these are strawberry bonbons. These are from France. All the snacks that we have from the Universal Yums box. These are all a tour of snacks. And here's what they say very quickly. I'll give you a quick description, Esmeralda, before we start chewing on them. Mm hmm. Chewy, strawberry chews, sweet, chewy with a touch of tartness. You love strawberries? Uh, Well, you have France to thank. French royals were the first to farm the fruit back in the 14th century when King Charles V boasting 1,200 strawberry plants in his garden. Then in the late 18th century, it was also France that crossbred two New World strains, the Virginia strawberry and the Chilean white strawberry, to create the modern strawberry that the world knows and loves today. Wow, the history of strawberries going back to France. Okay, so these are <laughs> strawberry bonbons, and this this bonbon seems to be very. Is it a baseball hat? That's like a strawberry baseball hat he's wearing. Oh yeah, doesn't it look like a baseball cap? Yeah, it's a little. He's got a little hat on the bonbon itself. Yeah, has it a is, little strawberry has baseball a little, hat. Has a little hat on, and then he's also twirling. So he's he's twirling his own people. <laughs> On his hand, because he's bigger than them. He's bigger than the actual candies. And he is twirling it on his hand. He's twirling on his, his own, finger. He's, he's twirling his own I mean, people. he is a bonbon. He, he is. He's... He is he's the bonbon. <laughs> and then he's twirling one on his finger, which seems like torture, I would think, for the bonbons. For the bonbons. Or as, uh, as Soul Coughing would say, super bonbon, super bonbon. You know that song? Yeah. Super Bon Bon, Super Bon Bon. All right, well, let's try a Super Bon Bon. So these Strawberry Bon Bon. So these aren't the bonbons that you think, because usually you think like chocolate. Mm-hmm. And these are little fruit chewy candies. Fruit chewy with a little sugary coating. Mm-hmm. They're not quite that. They're a little hard to chew. Yeah, they're... They're okay. Yeah. They're not, um... How you said the tartness? There's no tartness. There's not a lot of tartness, and they're a little bit... Not even by the slight, but it's a nice strawberry flavor. Yeah, strawberry flavor is nice. The coating is nice and, and, and sugary, but that disappears pretty quickly. But, yeah. Like it does very... taste like strawberry, which is quite nice. Yeah. But they're very chewy. Very, very chewy. hmm Okay. All right, I'm going to spit that out. It's it's not bad, but I you know we need to talk for a second for the next uh, thing. Now, the next one, you might have to... It's almost like gum. I mean, it's very, very, very chewy. Very chewy. Mm -hmm. But a nice strawberry flavor, nice little sugary coating on the outside. Pleasant. Um, But just be prepared. Be prepared. You're going to get a lot of jaw work out of this. Yeah. Also, it it feels (laughs) like if you you have teeth um, appliances, tooth... They're gonna Dental pop out. Appliances. You're, yeah, don't, yeah, don't. Yeah, you're filling. Don't you're, you're. They might take a filling or two out of your mouth. 
if you if you or don't chew them essentially yeah you can suck on them for a little while and let them get yeah, soft they'll still Jesus, and they'll gonna, be for suck on, suck on them for a little while and let them get soft that's going to be pulled out of context wow. if we run it all right <laughs> so the next one is now i might have to i'm, I'm going to try it i'm going to try it as well yeah. Get your basket ready. It, it's my it, yeah. I do. I have the thing next to me because it, it's it is my Achilles my Achilles heel, which is cherry. I can't really eat cherry. Yeah. And these are sour so, cherry hard candies. Mm-hmm. And it's taste the cherry cherry festival. Our next stop is on the southern edge of France to a town called Cherry. You mm-hmm. may not have heard of it before, but any French person will tell you that the best cherries come from here. In fact, the fruit is so prized that every year since 1932, the first crate is sent directly to the president of France. Oh, wow. Are you, are you intrigued? Then you'll want to get there in time for the annual Cherry Festival, where locals eat cherry-themed foods, play traditional uh, bondus music, and hold the ever-popular cherry pit spitting competition. So this you can try these. Nightmare. Yeah, can you imagine? You- I can't imagine. <laughs> That is your worst nightmare, I mean, all that cherry. I mean, outside of Lollapalooza, that sounds like the worst festival that I would ever want to go to. And you can't, and you can't even eat fresh cherries? No, I can't. The cherry flavor, it just, a fake, uh, uh, fresh cherries I can kind of do, but it's the mm-hmm. artificial, it's the artificial cherry yeah. flavor. That's what does it. So let's try this. So and we'll see, what see because it seems that in other countries, their, their flavors, fruit flavors are more fruit than yeah artificial tasting well let's give this a shot so let's see Ooh. what happens it's very okay hold on a second oh it's very tart is it yeah mm, very tart oh my goodness oh yeah i gotta oh. i gotta get yeah it's very tart but it's also very cherry i gotta get it out of my mouth Woo. yeah nope that's tart uh, that's yeah, nice wow. though yeah if you like cherry i can't do it but man you okay so this one, by the way, totally makes up for the lack of tartness in the other one. Right. <laughs> Completely. Just put them both, both, eat both at the same yeah. time, and then you'll, it'll even out. It'll even out. So, all right, well. And then it'll be strawberry cherry, which would be, which would be good. in my opinion, nice. And this is since 1895. It's G-I-C-O-P-A is the brand name. G-I-C-O-P-A. If you like cherries and you like really tart stuff, this is as tart as it gets. The Man. tart is nice. I will say it is gone now, and mm-hmm. I'm not. It's not a very. It's okay. It's okay. It's All not right. very good. So these two were okay, not great. And the, the strawberry is kind of. It's kind of weird tasting cherry. Mm. Okay. In my opinion. Right. Yeah, I had to give up on the cherry because it's cherry, and I can't. Uh, I can't do the cherry. But, uh, but the strawberry thing is they're good, but you just have to be prepared to chew. And uh, yeah, those were nice. Yeah. yeah. All right, so bad. out of the two, the strawberry is better than the cherry. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll continue with our taste tour of France on the uh, on the next episode. Also on the next episode, the lovely Monica Eng will Ooh, be joining nice. me from Axios.com to talk about what they're reporting. She and Justin Kaufman and so many other people working on uh, on that great newsletter that you can get daily if you go to Axios.com slash Chicago. We'll talk with Monica about what's happening at Axios, and I'm sure we'll talk about food and every other kind of cool thing. That's coming up on the next episode. Esmeralda and I will be back. We'll probably have a magic megaphone. We'll have some celebrities that everybody hates, and we'll taste test again in France. And my thanks to Jim Ryan for uh, talking music with me. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and you can check him out at Forbes and at the Daily Herald and at RadioJimRyan.com. You want to be a part of the uh, podcast? You can. Sponsor with us. Uh, you got something you want to advertise on the podcast? Lots of people listen. Contact us. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. We'll hook you up. Uh, leave us a voicemail. We listen to all of them, play many of them back on the podcast, 773-417-6948, or email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the sound. Please take the time to share, rate, review us on every platform. And uh, and thanks for checking us out. We'll see you next time on uh, the Nick D Podcast at Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Thanks. The wind is right on me.